All right, well, welcome back to another week's reading of Is Christianity the White Man's Religion? How is the Bible Good News for People of Color? By Antipas Harris. So last week, I started chapter two, which is a crisis of faith. I only read the first subchapter of Millennials and Church. So this week, I will pick up on where are Millennials going. Now, depending on how long this chapter is, we may get through the whole chapter, but I think I'm going to stop at the next subchapter, okay? So just hang in there with me, and I hope that you are enjoying this reading. I'm finding it very interesting, especially by seeing what's on the minds of our next generation, okay? Or my children's, uh, my children's age, I should say. So our children, all right? Where are the millennials going? Social justice-minded young people are faced with many options. I will mention two of them here. The first is devastating to abandon Christianity altogether. And the research shows that this is already happening at alarming rates. Luna Malbrox, a African-American millennial blogger and former Christian, offers criticism that is insightful, though difficult to hear. Steadily, it seems like when we move away from the Christian church, we move towards less organized spiritual practices based on traditional African spirituality. There have been no knocks on the door, no pamphlets, no billboards, no late night hotlines, no viral video campaigns. And yet, an unnamed spiritual movement, re-imaging African tradition and nature-centered spirituality has been growing among young black Americans. In Malbrook's view, some of them are leaving the church and are attracted to spiritualities that put them in touch with nature. Ironically, the Bible does not begin with religious institutions, creeds, and billboards. Nature is central to the biblical narrative and salvation story. Genesis chapters 1 through 3 begin the Bible with a nature-centered spiritual environment in which God communed with humanity. Also, in the Gospels, Jesus died for the sins of the world, but salvation was not achieved in a synagogue or the temple. Jesus confronted and accepted his fate in the Garden of Gethsemane. The last thing the Savior carried was not a Bible or an offering plate. He carried a tree trunk up a hill. His funeral was in Gal Galthia. That's not right. Golgotha, where he hung on a tree in an open field. Perhaps many in this generation can benefit from another approach to biblical interpretation, an issue that I will take up in the next session, section of the book. Another example of millennials leaving the church is Deshaun Tatum, also known as the Golden Child. 
from Hampton Roads, Virginia. Tatum was raised in the hood. Though he went to church as a young child, his neighborhood was ravaged by prostitution, drug transactions, fights, shootings, and more. He participated in gang life until one day, while standing at an ATM, a woman approached him and shared the love of Christ. He later surrendered his life to Jesus while watching Christian television. Golden Child then set out to share the love of Christ with, with others. A rapper, a pianist, the young evangelist was licensed to preach in 2007. He was determined to go where the church would not go. He wanted to provide answers for young people in detention centers, jails, clubs, and rough neighborhoods, all of which Tatum referred to as the gutter most, a term describing the ghettos as the uttermost part of the earth. Acts 1 and 8 King James Version. According to the Virginian pilot, Tatum was once a member of New Covenant Outreach Ministries, a non-denominational church in Norfolk. However, he soon parted ways with traditional Christianity, claiming that his intellectual curiosity, coupled with a passion to take spirituality to the streets, was not satisfied within the traditional church. He grew more and more frustrated with what he saw as systemic injustice and the uptick of violence in his Virginian hometown. Tatum's spirituality quest led him to a conviction that African Americans were really black Hebrew Israelites. He moved to North Carolina and founded Yahshua the Movement, where he became known as the General. According to reports, 39-year-old Tatum was shot and killed in Concord, North Carolina at the end of November 2017. He was in a heated altercation with his organization's landlord when the landlord's girlfriend shot him. I did not know Tatum, but he had mutual friends who fondly remember him as a very passionate and gifted man one whose life was cut short far too soon. America's cities are filled with people like Tatum who are passionately desirous of relationship, of a relationship with the God who affirms their identity, fights against injustice, cares for the broken, and adds tangible value to their human existence. There are millions of young people who are desperate for deeper spirituality and want to know more about God. This was obvious to me in a thank you note I received from a young African American woman after the 2017 Global Think Tank on the African Presence in the Bible at Bishop T.D. Jakes International Pastors and Leadership Conference in Dallas. The woman explained that over the past few years, she had developed deep concerns about several of her close friends who abandoned their belief in Jesus. They became convinced that Christians are following the white man's religion and the white man's Bible. 
the think tank extrapolated the positive black presence in the Bible and in early Christian history, which was an insight the young woman explained that she appreciated because much of the information gleaned from the urban streets is that the white man's Bible presents blacks as a cursed people. Prior to the think tank, the young woman didn't feel prepared to respond to the new growing Christian challenge in urban America. The second option for social justice minded millennials is to seek creative ways to bridge the gap between faith and problems. To do so, they have to distance themselves from mainstream Christianity. People such as millennial pastor of Hillsong Church in New York, Carl Lentz, said that he, like many young Christians, hesitates to identify as an evangelic Christian. He believes that associating with mainstream evangelism could hurt his global urban Christian witness. He explained in an interview on NSNBC that he, in essence, is not that kind of Christian, one who promotes confessional faith at the expense of hurting people. This goes to show that a generation of social justice-oriented young people, including young social justice-minded pastors, are frustrated with the obvious injustice in our world. Some of them question the necessity of faith when it is used to create the problems or when it is silent about human suffering. One example is the national spotlight placed on police killings of more than 250 black men and women between 2016 and 2019. Many of them were unarmed. Others, such as Philando Castile in Minneapolis and Atatiana Jefferson in Fort Worth, exercised their right to bear arms. They were both licensed to carry, just like millions of other Americans, in a society where the Constitution grants the right to bear arms. Why was the police blink response to shoot them. Youth of color believe that their blackness is more of a threat than weapons. This belief is compound with other situations in which unarmed black youth were also killed and justice in their cases continues to dangle in the balance. After George Zimmerman was acquitted of killing Trayvon Martin, scores of black, white, and brown youth led protests in major cities of America, chanting Black Lives Matter. Similar events occurred when police officer Darren Wilson was acquitted in the shooting death of Michael Brown. Young people are also leading the hashtag never again movement to address school shootings and violent crimes in urban streets. Shortly after the shooting of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri Yale Divinity School hosted a conversation with 
DeRay McKesson, who was one of the original members of the Black Lives Matter movement. McKesson expressed concern that churches hesitated to speak out for black bodies being killed in the streets. With a rather gentle critique of the church, he asserted Jesus would not have been would not have taken so long. Local churches must expand their vision beyond the walls of the church. Authentic spirituality touches the heart of a generation that is more interested in campaigning the cause of those in need and advocating for justice when political than political interests. So we're going to move on. The next subtopic is God talk and politics. Mingling God and party politics is a problem. It convolutes the biblical message and paints a picture that God only cares about what one political party thinks is important over another party. It undermines the biblical message that God loves everyone. It promotes special interests, preserves greed, and is likely to result in abuse of God's people. For too long, Christians continue to blame victims of their misfortune, missing the mark on Christian love. They interrogate the intricate party-based politics with faith claims. They integrate, excuse me, party-based politics with faith claims. They mount pulpits with other media platforms with disparaging speeches against people who are fighting for justice. Greed often substitutes the well-being of human beings as a central focus of ministry. This was the case during slavery and Jim Crow, and it is sometimes the case today. Some prominent Christian leaders, such as Franklin Graham, launched attacks on the social movement of Black Lives Matter. It is appalling that the leader of one of the most significant refugee support ministries would have a knee-jerk reaction that regards human suffering. Instead of trying to understand the outcry that Black Lives Matter equally with white lives, Graham posited a counter-proposal all lives matter. Others simply stood by idly. Perhaps they gave prayers about the crises but did little to participate in advocating for justice by on behalf of victims of justice. Christians must not be so apt to be offended by people and cultures they do not understand. Rather, we must learn and adjust our strategies to meet the challenges of the day. Consider the prevailing evangelical response to the NFL kneeling protests of 2017. Deeply disturbed by the police killings of unarmed African Americans and other injustices, quarterback Colin Kaepernick refused to stand for the national anthem. Instead, he led a kneeling demonstration that offended a number of evangelicals who campaigned a synchristic 
message about God and country, a syncretistic message about God and country. Pastor Kevin Ham of Gardendale First Baptist Church in Alabama was one of the more prominent pastors who condemned the kneeling protests. The megachurch pastor included his slander in a Sunday morning sermon. The following is an excerpt from the sermon. I don't mean to be insensitive. I just want to say you have two options. You can stay in America and help us get America back to the way God designed her. Or if you don't like it, you can get on a boat and sail away because no one is making you stay here. Amen. The God and country message privileges the national anthem and the flag above the sacredness of human life. One wonders why any pastor wouldn't care to at least listen to the protesters' concern. Instead, Pastor Ham and others use their platform of privilege to offer two choices. The first was to join in with President Donald Trump's promise to take the country back to some prior shining example of God's country. Such a choice scares most African Americans and anyone who understands the horrors of injustice that paved American history, such as slavery and Jim Crow's segregation. Pastor Ham's second option was just too problematic, was just as problematic as the first. If you don't like it, you can get on a boat and sail away because no one is making you stay here. It remains unclear as to what the pastor meant by the phrase, if you don't like it. Like what? And if all things, he said, get on a boat, a white preacher abominating a protest led by black people and saying, get on a boat, is most offensive given the horror of the slave trade in which whites force blacks to board ships to come to the new world. This sort of pervasive ideology enshrined in Christian theology is not new. It signals a continued slave master religious mindset in contemporary American Christianity. We should not be surprised to hear that young people are questioning the relevance of faith. Both the crises of faith and how we respond to the situation are crucial now more than ever. Soon the United States of America will be a majority-minority country. Right now, most young people of all races and ethnicities shrug their shoulders at races and bigoted rhetoric. Social media and the internet have given this generation a glimpse of how big and diverse the world is. Fewer people see the world in black and white. They are becoming more interested in the many gifts of the world from a variety of people and cultures. Yet American Christianity seems stuck in the black and white world. This crisis is manifested in both Christian and non-Christian circles. Christian artists such as Lecrae and Kirk Franklin have expressed frustration about the plight of black Americans who have not had their day in court. 
yet at the hand of government officials their blood stains the sidewalk. When Lecrae went public with his frustration over police shooting of unarmed black men, the rapper was baffled by the response. Christians attacked him. He was shocked because he thought they loved him. Even Lecrae found himself second-guessing his affiliation with Christians. He was worried that there was something missing in his fidelity to a faith that seemed so distant from social pangs inflicted upon this generation. The Dove Awards edited Kirk Franklin's award acceptance speech, cutting out his statement of solidarity with those whose heads wag in dismay in the aftermath of state-supported violence against black youth and the 2016 killing of five Dallas police officers. Discouraged, Franklin decided to boycott the Dove Awards until there was a change among Christian awards and networks. He wants them to attend to the distressed communities with Christian solidarity, love, and leadership. Perhaps they are fearful that their viewers would turn off the show or perhaps they don't want to agitate their financial base. In any case, Christian television, like the award shows, distance itself from an opportunity to bear public witness to a God of injust and healing. If the current crises of faith persists much longer without appropriate resolve, future generations in America will outright reject Christianity. How can we expect this generation to be convinced that Christianity is about love, compassion, grace, justice, and mercy when Christian voices are and institutions are either silent or uncritically supportive of systems and structures that perpetuate pain, propagate hate, proliferate exclusion, and produce death. People are hungry for a faith that shows love and concern about justice. Again, how can we expect this generation to be convinced that Christianity is about love, compassion, grace, justice, and mercy when leading Christian voices and institutions are either silent or uncritically supportive of systems and structures that perpetuate pain, propagate hate, proliferate exclusion, and produce death. People of faith must not brush off the urgent questions about the relevance of Christianity in the contemporary world. Also, we must listen to the voices that are crying out more than humdrum confessions of faith. The time has come that we return to a faith that listens to the broken world and responds with the love of Jesus. Importantly, love is not merely a hug, pat on the back, or an invitation to church. The love of Jesus is radical and confronts evil systems and structures of oppression. And okay, we are going to stop there for today. 
And again, I thank you for joining me as we are, we have just read another subchapter of chapter two in the book of Is Christianity the White Man's Religion? Stay tuned for next week as we move forward and we'll be moving into spiritual wickedness and Christian witness. All right, looking forward to it.